Welcome to Reels on the Rocks, the show where your hosts, Whiskey and Sweet Tea, discuss film from the unpretentious perspective. Today's topic, the 1989 animated phenomenon, My Neighbor Totoro. Due to a discussion of fan theories of the film, a content warning is in effect regarding the following topics, sexual assault, suicide. And as always, please be advised, spoilers are ahead. It's your boys. <laughs> it's your boys. <laughs> Whiskey and sweet tea. Are you guys ready to anime and chill? Because I don't know if you heard, but this is the month of anime. Oh my god, I just figured something out for later in this podcast. Oh but goodness. Yes. Okay. Oh goodness. <laughs> okay. Alright, so well, we're the first film, it's hilarious. You'll find out in the next episode, but uh the films that we're covering this month are kind of hilariously polar opposite of each other. Yes. So yes. we're starting with the but, good feels today. But in the same year. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I didn't know if you were gonna pick that up too. So, uh, I yeah. noticed that on Hulu so, when I pulled up your movie. I'm like, oh. So, in case you can't read the title, uh, we're talking about My Neighbor Totoro. Totoro? I or, don't know. Even, or if you're me, My Neighbor Totoro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Oh, yes. Walt Disney of Japan. And then it was animated by Tokuma Shoton. I, I, I will probably butcher a lot of teams. I apologize to. <laughs> An entire culture of people right here. And then uh, the music was by Joe Hi Hi Shi. Um, now we will be reviewing the English dub version, so I'm gonna read the voice cast for that. So we have Sorry d- for the sub fans out there. Um although I mean I I've I grew up with this one, so I watch it like I don't care. <laughs> like if it's if it's uh, dubbed well, I'm, I'm down. I think that I think, I think I think there's multiple dub versions of this movie, but I think the one that we watch, which I mean, I think you watched the Disney one too for this review. I've seen both of them. I the one I always go back to is the Fox version. Mm-hmm. That's the one I grew up with, and I'll I'll explain. The Disney one's not horrible, but there there's one kind of glaring issue I have with it that's just a weird casting choice. But other than that, uh, um, so, so so the dub produced by Disney um, in 2004 in 2005 um we had dakota fanning as satsuki l fanning as may timothy daly as the father um which i run oh you won't know this but i'd know timothy daly as uh joe hackett on the show wings so oh and i'm guessing you didn't watch wings no not really but i know what it is um um pat carroll as granny and lee lisa solanza as the mom frank welker as totoro and the cat bus and then the songs while dubbed over um correct uh, with the, basically it was it, not, um, <coughs> it was it's it's the it is i think it's I believe it's a direct translation from the japanese version um but the songs on on, on this version um were by sonia uh I, I, I saw us. And see, and I apologize because my, hand, my handwriting is terrible. I'm still just, <laughs> I, I have zoned out because as soon as you said someone did the voice for Totoro, I, I'm just laughing internally because I always assumed well, it was just well, animal noises or something. Well, you know, the grunts in different cultures mean different things. I guess so. I, I honestly didn't think that they would even 
That's just funny. I, I never I never knew that a person actually voiced him, but, or, yeah. Right? I was expecting um, him to say something, because this is my first time watching this. Oh, yeah. I, I was expecting some of him to say something, and then he doesn't. So I'm kind of a little confused about that as well. Nah, I'm actually, just... And now I'm actually concerned now. So did, <laughs> was there a different person who did the grunts for the original release? It makes you wonder. That's the other thing I was hung up on. I was like... Is there a Japanese voice actor who grunted differently for their like? Maybe, maybe his, maybe his grunts were. I, 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 anyway, that's okay. Or we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so that's the other um, impressive thing. Totoro can roar real loud. So if that right? was a person, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Um, <laughs> speaking of roaring pretty loud, so this uh, film uh, uh, failed to really uh, reach any award shows on this end of the island. So that here's the, I'll, and I'll get to that in a minute as to why well, that happened. Well. The big thing is that nowadays we take for granted the fact that they're because both of these films actually kind of this applies to both of them uh-huh. is that this is before the best feature animated category was right. invented that started in 90 after 1991 because beauty and the beast because everybody got upset that it was up for best picture which yeah those people can calm down right i <laughs> and i like the actual best picture winner but i think beauty and the beast was equally i thought it was equally uh, deserving on, on, of it. on um, a different end of the spectrum but equally deserving. oh yeah for sure but yeah so that's the thing is like this was a very different time it was actually very difficult for anime to reach the west like mm-hmm. nowadays super easy like uh, you know to see anime shows like the day after they come out in japan and stuff right now it's We're much like, more connected world yeah now it's like you'd have to hope for a limited release in theaters you'd have to hope that it was popular enough to get a vhs release like so it was a very different time uh and additionally even if it was recognized by critics the way this film was you know probably wouldn't really be nominated for anything at the academy awards because they didn't really respect animated features as well, well I mean, as they do I, now I, I still think they don't respect them now but that, I... that's a, that's another topic for another time um awesome. so this film did it did it did win some um awards at the and i again apologize my pronunciation on some of these things but the the, the kinope jumpo awards it won best film and then it was also uh, the reader's choice for best Japanese film. It won that um, at the Manichi Film Award. It won best film, and it won something else. I needed, I didn't get a chance to look more into it, but it's called the Ofuji Noboro Award. Um, it at the Anima Anime Awards. It won the Grand Prix prize. Um, and then the first dub of the film actually won an award at the Saturn Awards for um, Best Genre Video Release, which I found quite interesting. Well, and <laughs> the thing, like, you know, this is your first time seeing it. The, I'm not a huge anime fanatic. I have certain films and TV shows I like, but I'm not a, a weeaboo or an otaku or any any of that stuff. Um but, Which, if you are, that's totally cool. We but, along with all of, you know, the classic Disney movies, this is a film I grew up with. I had this on VHS. This is something I watched when I was, like, a toddler. And, like, you know, had... Miyazaki is equal for me as, like, you know, a lot of kids growing up with Disney and stuff. So, obviously, I wasn't watching Princess Mononoke or some of his <laughs> little, little scarier movies. But this is, like... And I think and that's the other thing um, I'm sure you were going to get to is this was financially super well received, uh, at least in my notes, I believe. Yeah, it got a 30 million worldwide gross. Um, so and actually, it, oh, 
So okay, actually, so, so maybe I was you reading know something about I this. Don't. So I was reading this. So when this film first released, it was a flop. Interesting. And it was originally released as a double feature with Grave of the Fireflies. Oh my god. Which like in theaters? I have yeah, in theaters. That is a horrible idea. Well, I had never <laughs> seen Grave of the Fireflies, but I've always been told. I think you oh, told me this. I have my seen cousin, Grave of the my Fireflies. My cousin told me this. It's a movie that just makes you cry your eyes out. It it's is just, not. It is also that is like, oh my god, well, the fact that, that that would be like that would be like someone putting Tangled with like. I don't know. Uh, Snow White and the Huntsman. Yeah, or or <laughs> or even more uh, appropriate, it'd be like a double feature of Beauty and the Beast and Silence of the Lambs. Both great movies, but uh, you know those kids that well, like Beauty and the Beast so, probably aren't going to enjoy Silence so of the Lambs. This movie was actually precedes the formation of Studio Ghibli. Or yes. Ghibli, depending yes. on how you pronounce it. So this precedes that. So at the time this came out, this there were uh, a lot of people were very concerned that it wasn't going to have an audience, that nobody was going to pay to see, which I guess kind of proved to be true. So they paired it with Grave of the Fireflies because Grave of the Fireflies had, is based on a book. And so it had the backing of the publisher to put that movie out. on. So And so the only way they could get it released is if they paired the two together um, and even i think the publisher was concerned about that at the same time um but they agreed to it and so it, so my first thing is because like i said i've always been told how amazing great of the firefly is but i've always been told it's such a depressing depressing movie to watch oh yes and especially after when, when you watch and i'm so glad i chose to watch the anime movies in this particular order this time yes. <laughs> i watched yours first and then this one. Oh, there you go yeah <laughs> um because this movie is just it's it's just it's like literally if wholesome was a movie this is that would be the <laughs> no absolutely that's part of the reason it's... i like talked about how i watched it as a toddler this this is on par with like disney as far as being just something little kids can appreciate it's got just enough drama for there to be like something to worry about in kind of the final act of the right. movie but without it being really scary or really like it is just honestly i watch this movie now if i'm just having a bad day and just want to see a cute furry right. magical creature well, that can fly and well and like, like i was watching because I've, I've started watching different youtubers and um i was watching this one youtuber um she does a lot of cottage core stuff her name's uh darling desi oh, and yeah. she was talking about how she always watches studio ghibli films in like the spring and summer because she says they just kind of just fill her with the spring and summer vibe which all, i totally get all of them have a very like nature in fact actually they're making a I read this ages ago, but I know that they're still working on it. They're making a Studio Ghibli theme park in Japan, but it's not going to be, like, a theme park with rides and stuff. It's basically going to be, like, a nature reserve. Mm -hmm. uh, because that's, like, it, it's not just this movie. Princess Mononoke is another one. Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind. Like, a lot of his movies are very big on protecting your, your natural environments. Right. And uh, that's always been something that's super important to him. And... Yeah, like, I mean, who wouldn't... That's another kind of thing uh, about this film is the setting. Yes. I've always loved how just... it. I want to live in this town, you know? It's just... It's, a, it's well, like a very nice, like, oh, I wonder if... Uh, the good news is you can. Oh, yeah, I know. It's based on a real so place. So it's based on the city of Toku... 
Tokurozawa. You did your research. I'm wondering. I so which I, is actually where Miyazaki's home is. Okay. He has gone on record saying that um, if he hadn't lived there, my neighbor Chitorio wouldn't have become a thing. Like a lot of the whole idea of the spirit, the forest spirits, the 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 um, you know, just the the traveling back and forth they do in there. A lot of it just inspired by him wandering these paths in the city. And what's interesting is you know it was a rural city you know at the time, um, and you know it's become to be developed and built up. And so there's been a there's been a push to really kind of preserve. Uh, a lot of the undeveloped areas of this and he's very you know, like you talked about he's very very passionate about conservation and all sorts of so if you know anything about studio ghibli they they put a lot of unlocking key a lot of the character designs a lot of the things like like there's not it's it's very hard to like really get like them to even lease anything to out to people but he uh lent the image of totoro to uh the effort to conserve these areas in this town this is how much he felt about this so that was i thought that was pretty cool oh yeah and what a what a great mascot he is i'm actually like i'm gonna jump to so i'm very impressed with how much uh research you've done on this film uh and i'm actually wondering the feels so so (laughs) i'm gonna like so for me just because i like to keep this podcast kind of interesting especially when a lot of the time we're we're usually recommending the films and i'm sure if you clicked on this you probably are like there's no way they're gonna hate this movie so i had an interesting kind of angle i was going to do i'm wondering if you know about sort of this theory with the movie it's not gonna don't worry it won't ruin all your warm so and are fuzzy you talking feelings. about the fear that that um what's her called may actually dies and it's man um, you did all your research so I, fun fact i, I know went, it's not or it's not a real thing but like it they, got but the thing is interesting because it got such prominence this whole thing that, it, that that it's the journey to death and the reason why the only person who can ever really see any of the character like he never sees any of the, the forest spirits and um in like when they show up at the end to visit the mom um that the only person who doesn't see anything is the father because he's the only one that's not close to death well technically the mother doesn't see them she says i feel like they're sitting up there i thought she said i thought i saw okay i thought i saw but she can't they're literally still there and she can't see them that's true so i first off I, you know, it's if like, Miyazaki like, says that was not his intention, I believe well, him. I think it's interesting that it got uh, such prominence that he, they, that the Studio Ghibli put out an official statement. <laughs> well, again, I believe them, but it is pretty crazy how many coincidences there are. Like, the fact that their shadows don't appear, the fact that right before uh, the cat bus is like, next stop, little sister, the thing that it says up there is graveyard um in kanji See. and and the fact that when they do find may she's sitting by jizo statues which are spirits that are meant to protect unborn or dead children um so again I, personally if i were going to read into it i would think that it's supposed to be symbolic that they didn't actually die but like you know the threats or something like, like maybe they just got close to that yeah i like again if miyazaki says he did not intend for that to be the thing then i believe him also the the connection to the um Sayama city incident is very loose that like an incident that happened in the 1960s so I saw, in case you don't know there was yeah, a please, kidnapping because i saw this yeah. i saw this sort of show up a few times i didn't 
look enough into the okay. incident, but so if you could fill us in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this this is the thing that makes people uh, believe, like, and that's that's the other thing with this theory. They it's not just like oh they died. It's like oh it's actually about this incident. I think that that's like the most tenuous part of this theory because it's ridiculous. But in May first of 1963 oh my god it was an anime <laughs> it was in may of this what a what a perfect episode to start this month off uh in Sayama city which actually neighbors the place that this is based off of there was a kidnapping involving two sisters and apologies it gets a little dark here but um this person like wanted a a, a ransom uh, but then chickened out and like they actually never figured out who kidnapped this person like it was like mm-hmm. a cold case essentially is a cold case um but they did find the body of the younger sister she had been you know sexually assaulted and murdered um and this actually like the sadness actually like led the older sister to commit suicide and here's that... the other thing is both of these sisters were not like little kids like the younger one was 16 so that gives you an idea like they were like in the older teen years so that's the other thing i find kind of weird about people trying to connect this incident with the film it's like it, it really doesn't you know if it was like about if if the incident was like two little girls got lost trying to walk home and were never found i could buy that but the fact that people are trying to connect this homicide from the 60s to this happy kids film well, is, is silly to me the idea that they died isn't is ridiculous to me because there is a lot of uh you know just uh coincidental stuff in the like last act that is very odd like i said about the uh the fact their shadows don't appear the fact that uh the cat bus says they're going to a graveyard before they go to uh pick up may the jizo statue thing again this depends i guess on who you talk to but apparently like in japanese culture the idea of seeing uh susu atari which is like mythical creatures usually means that some you're probably going to die <laughs> um, i mean that's that's common in the western side like i know when my grandmother passed the, a couple nights before she passed, um, she claimed to have seen her sister in the middle of the night. Yeah. And her so, sister had died years before. Exactly. So, oh, and then also, um, well, this is like an odd, uh, this this connects more to the, the Sayama City incident, but Satsuki actually translates to May in, in English. So okay, yeah. So, so it's May yeah. and May, May yeah. and her sister May. So, well, so so and I just the same thing. I think I think this is Satsuki. Like it doesn't mean like it, it literally means like fifth month of the year or something like that. But basically May. Yeah. Um, and which then May... which I again I don't buy the whole Sayama City incident thing. But that is like that is an odd uh, coincidence. I I feel again like the kind of. Well, to be and, fair, and there, there's been lots of cases of kidnapped siblings in history. So. I'm like, why, like, what about this particular one? Well, and sometimes I also wonder if, like, people are kind of approaching this from a Western understanding of spirituality, because in Japan, in Japanese, like, you can enter the spirit realm, like, these, these creatures, like Totoro, or, like, you know, other things that you'd see in, like, uh, Princess Mononoke, there's all these forest spirits and stuff, and they, like, they exist in between like they're not dead or alive and so like obviously you can see them if you're like a dead person but i don't know i feel like we're like reading too binary into like, it to like me, oh they're dead so they can see totoro it's like nah, maybe see, when, he... when, I, when i read the theory and it was funny i'm like yeah i guess i can kind of see that but to me like when i when i saw 
I'm just like, this is just about the magic of childhood. Yes. Like, it just really is. I mean, even when my favorite scene, and it's, it's a, and, and based on a lot of artwork I've seen, like, online and, like, all over the place, they usually depict this scene of the three of them standing at the bus stop. Oh, that man. whole scene where he has the umbrella and he realized he likes the sound it makes when rain falls onto it. Fun fact. So he's trying to get rain to land. I'm like, that's just, that's like such a little kid thing to do. I well, just love it. And also every time, personally, I am stuck at a scary bus stop in the middle of the night, I just like to imagine <laughs> that, he, like, that scene or imagine like, oh, it'd be really nice if a big furry, cute hairball thing... <laughs> was standing next to me <laughs> helping me pass the time i mean it could be worse but, uh, you could have been standing at a bus stop at night with the knowledge that there was somebody that's riding around a bike slashing people at bus stops exactly that happened to me <laughs> nice <laughs> um, um so well and also like on the spirituality side of things and the whole again like me kind of finding it as like a western thing to like be like oh if they can see him he's dead Another really amazing scene that they parodied in Bob's Burgers yes! is yes. the tree growing scene. Because that's a thing where they have a dream that they're, you know, magically growing this tree out in their yard. And obviously it's a dream. They go flying and stuff and they wake up in their beds the next day. But the trees have sprouted. So that's kind of like this weird, like, they're they're not, they didn't die or something in their sleep. But they were in, like, the spirit realm in their yeah. dreams. Yeah, yeah. So, again, it's... And that also might translate to why, like, the mother can't see them at the end. Like, they might not be literally dead, but maybe they have been kind of spirited into, like, another kind of, like, existence spirit, or something. Like, they're not dead in a way. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, future movie and also more I will I, I will about... say the spirited away, the, the only thing I know about it is whatever that masked creature is. And that masked creature Oh, thing. no face. He freaks me out. Oh, he cracks me up. There's a character in Five Nights at Freddy's that looks exactly like him. Like, I discovered both of them around the same time, so I literally thought they were the same person. No Face is funny, man. Uh, And maybe someone hearing me say that. The bit, this is not a review of Spirited Away, but the bit where he kind of loses his mind in the bathhouse always cracks me up, uh, even though he is sort of a dangerous monster for that period of the movie. It's just, I don't know, all these mean mean spirits getting attacked by him always makes me laugh uh and and he's he's very chill not a not a spirited away review we're getting off topic but uh but <laughs> well, you should watch well, more miyazaki movies i feel like he's right up your alley let's get back on topic <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so what's interesting so this is also i guess partially biographical um yes. about especially when it relates to the mother being ill i guess when he was younger his mother had, I believe it was tuberculosis. spinal tuberculosis. Yes. And it was the same thing. She was out for like months and months. She was eventually able to come home and have partially at home care. It was all, but it was very, very, um, it was, it, it, it but you know, a, so I, so I'm, I kind of wonder, cause he talked to, he also talked about how he wouldn't have made this movie. If he hadn't lived in this town. So I'm kind of like, which idea really came sort of first? Um, did, did he do it? Then, then, then he like did. Did he think about making a magical world because of this town? And then he kind of tied in some of his past trauma, or was he? Or did he always kick around sort of having something to do the, to work through this through one of his projects? That I've always thought that was. I thought that was kind of interesting. He's always struck me as a very like imaginative person, and especially if this is a lot to do with his childhood, I'd like to imagine that while his mother was sick he probably was out in the woods playing and kind of imagining these characters. Well, you know what I mean? Like if he was like a very young child and stuff, like I could imagine him like, you know, 
oh, there's a Totoro over there. Let me chase him around. You know, like, I imagine him, I don't know how old he was when his mother was ill, but if he was, like, around May's age, that's kind of what I imagine, and mm-hmm. maybe he came up with a lot of these ideas. Obviously, like, in I don't know if it's the same with you, but sometimes I'll have an idea from when I was a kid for, like, a cool story or something. Yes, yeah. Exact- so that's the thing. Like, maybe these were, like, games he played... Uh, and they just stuck with him, and maybe it's like, oh, I could tell. Unfortunately, this really... a lot of my ideas as a kid were derived. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, in a lot of these, that's the other thing too. These these creatures are not like obviously the design is you know from the company and everything, but like a Totoro is actually the direct translation. Like it means troll essentially. So this is like the Japanese version of what a troll is. Uh, which makes me wonder if like when japanese people hear us use the term for like mean people oh on the God. internet if they like or like but why a troll they're so cute and cuddly they're so adorable they're so adorable but yeah so like all of these things are like like the uh the soot sprites and all of that stuff again like the uh the term for like mythical creature is susu atari and i'm probably mispronouncing that but like these are all things that already exist yeah um and even even like another I keep bringing up uh, Princess Mononoke, but that one's also just filled with like Japanese mythical monsters and stuff like that. So, like, well, he, I mean, he takes from the culture. Obviously, like he adds his own twist to it. Like Totoro's exist, but because of this film and because of Studio Ghibli, like if you hear Totoro, his character design is what comes right, to mind. Right. Well, you um, know what's interesting about his character design is, you know, when you first meet him. It's a little sort of off-putting <laughs> because uh, May goes and, like, lays on his um, belly. She goes and lays on his belly. And so he's waking up. And so he kind of, like, goes and he wraps his power around her. And then he opens his mouth. And the first I'm like, oh, my God, is he going to eat her? <laughs> like, because that's literally my first. That's the first thing. Because the way. And that's also. <laughs> and I th- I'm, I'm like, I don't Maybe this is, like, a spiritual journey. It means something. I'm like, okay, no, he's not No, no, no. It. You've but, been on the internet too long. Stop. <laughs> you, you've well, got, you've seen just, too, you've seen certain, too many There's certain ways that it's drawn that nowadays is sort of, like, I, I find just a little bit creepy. It's it's today's anime, man. You, you have, like, you like, have an ex- expectation of what's gonna happen, like, and you forget like the, that the movie's rated G. <laughs> like, the smile on Totoro when he smiles, and the smile on the cat, I both think are really kind of just creepy. I think it's creepier on the cat. On Totoro, the cat. Totoro's just cute to me, but the cat sometimes makes faces where I'm like, oh. But at the same time, I'd love to ride on that bus. I bet it's so damn comfy. Well, you know, I, I love. Bet. I love how when the door opens or like it expands, so yeah. on, it's kind of like sort of like a spaceship sound. It's kind of mm. cool. yeah. <laughs> and so that was also something that was kind of uh, you. You kind of also see like I, I want to say like Western influences on at least the sound design or the foleying on this film because there are certain um, scenes and I'm like this just sounds very Hanna Barbera. Um, like, like, like one of the ones that I forget, I think it was towards the beginning of the movie, they, they were running and they had like the classic, like Hanna-Barbera scrambling sound. Um, so it's just, so I'm, I'm like, okay, so some things translate across the medium, um, in animation, anytime someone runs, this is the sound we use. Um, but, so, to, but one of the things I really liked about this is the, uh, relationship between May and Satsuki, right? Satsuki. Yes. Okay, I'm so worried I'm going to mess these names nah, up. Nah, thankfully, Satsuki's name is... It's, it's I don't pretty, know. It's maybe pretty it's memorable. I, it's pretty memorable. And also, again, maybe it's because I grew up hearing the character mm-hmm. name. But, uh, 
yeah i've never thought it was too hard to i love their especially when they first arrived there i and like i said it's really about the magic of childhood they're seeing excitement in stuff like the porch is rotted this is cool let's push on We're it. which i'm like i could totally see me doing as a kid now now, now I think it's cool back then, Mike, when I was a kid, I was, they were like, oh my God, we're so excited. That well, house is haunted. I was going to say, if a, neighbor think, boy, think, if a neighbor like, boy told you your house was haunted, I, you'd get so excited. You'd be like, oh, I'm going to, I'm sleeping in the attic. I'm going to see if I can talk to a ghost. <laughs> that, that, I, I was actually, I've actually come around to the haunted thing pretty recently in life. But like as a kid, that would terrify me. But you know what? And again, I think it's, I think it again has to do with the cultural difference where there isn't this ingrained fear of spirits well like not we just that the but, but there is because uh, there's there's a little bit of this subtly in the movie but um oh why can't i remember this it's actually plays a bigger role in spirited away um and i am We're not reviewing spirited away no but uh <laughs> so one thing that like japan's interesting religiously because they don't really like for instance in japan it's very normal to have like a, a christian wedding even if you're not christian mm-hmm. Uh, cause they don't really see religion the same way we do, where it's like you, they, they pick and choose, you know what I mean? Well, they yeah. do a lot of things and part of it comes from, and thankfully while I was rambling, I remembered the Shinto religion, which is kind of like everything has a spirit, even yeah. inanimate objects. Yes. Have spirits. Yes. Shinto is so, so again, like that understanding of quote unquote ghosts or spirits, it's like, it's not scary over in unless unless well, that, no, no, no. unless the spirit because... is like angry or something, then you should be afraid of it. But just if there were a ghost or a spirit in your house, it's like, cool, well, you know, there's ghosts and spirits everywhere. If so. you really think about it, like even going over to crossing over into Disney territory, the, one of the Disneyland Japans over there, um, their haunted mansion is oh, not yes. like ours. It's, it's like, awesome. It's, Dude. Like, it's, 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 it's like a it's mystic like, manor. It's, 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 it's mystic manor. It's like an enchanted house of curiosities exactly. you know where everything you know has like a like a almost like everything has like a soul and everything but it's they, and they did that because of the way that spirits and hauntings are treated over there as opposed because from my understanding and again i don't want to speak about an entire culture that I, I don't know a lot about but from my understanding of things it's like over here when somebody says you have a ghost we are predisposed to think that it's evil and over there you know it's like there's ghosts well it's normal but well, everywhere it, it, there's a spirit like so the right. idea of like oh there's... so it can be bad but it can also be good but but they don't immediately assume it's the bad kind because exactly. anytime someone hears about our house i'm like oh my god does it try to scare you it's kind of like saying oh there's a spirit living in the tree behind your house that might scare someone here but in japan that might mean you have a big fuzzy yes. cuddle ball living in a tree behind yes. your house like so. okay let's be real cuddling with totoro is an entire mood <laughs> It uh, really boy. is. If I could just like crawl up on a giant fuzzy warm ball and just go to sleep like Maida's, that would be. I'm like that. I'm like I'm like I would not mind any problems for the rest. Of the I day. feel like yeah that that section of the movie probably usually made me want to take a nap as a little kid if I think. <laughs> um, and so you saw you said you saw the 2004 dub, right? The yes. Disney one. So <clears> there <throat> are so there are um. So in my reading, there was um, two, at least two major dubs. There's the Fox video one, which was done in 1993 and then won a Saturn Award, and I guess in 1995. And then there is the more widely accepted and utilized one now, which is the 2004 Disney one. And that one's interesting. That actually made its television premiere um, on TCM. 
um during their salute to uh to miyazaki um well so i i mentioned i so i prefer the fox dub and maybe you'll because this is your first time seeing it but the one thing i thought was just kind of a bad idea casting wise i generally like the 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 disney dub but uh dakota and l fanning they're great actresses but by the time they were cast in this, they were both kind of like in their teen, early teen years. But and they still sounded like kids. Not May. May is like five years old. When yeah. Elle spoke, it took me right out of it. Like, and maybe you, if you feel like rewatching it, seeking out the Fox stuff, okay. you'll see what I'm talking about. But they they got like a little kid to do the voice for May. Right. It's kind of like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. They did a fine job with the material. Uh. And again, they're both great actresses. I just felt like, because in 2004, I don't know how old they were. They sounded, it was mostly May. I feel like Dakota did a fine job with Satsuki, and it wasn't like Elle did a bad job. She just did not sound like a five-year-old. She sounded like a 12-year-old doing a five-year-old's voice. Well, you know, uh, But other than that, it's a fine dub. I, I still would recommend, if you're going to go dub, I, and do I, the Fox one. And, but... I could, and I could be wrong with what I was reading. I think um, this this is actually also the dub that Miyazaki prefers. That's interesting. The English I think he had more to do with this dub than the other one one thing that uh they didn't do that bothers me when they do with do it with like dubbed movies is replacing the music um and that is something that's not the case whether you're watching the original with subtitles whether you're watching the fox or the disney dub music is the same and i love that one one other film by miyazaki that i really like is kiki's delivery service and i grew up with the disney dub of that one Mm -hmm which is frustrating because Disney almost redid all of the music. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's like, I respect the original, but like for nostalgia's sake, I always want to hear the original music. So that's another thing I give points to the Disney dub for doing is they didn't touch yeah. the music. The, yeah. The, yeah. Um, I think all they did essentially did was they just re-recorded the English dub from the other one. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like, uh, the song, it's a different singer. I actually think they got Elsa to do it for the Disney one. Uh, uh, you know who I'm talking about? That that uh, Adina Menzel. Adina Menzel. I for think, which one? For the newest one, the Disney one. I think I might be wrong about that, but I I feel like they got someone who was in their uh you know. Did you wait the 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 the, the hey, Disney? Hey, let's go. Hey, let's go. That song, the beginning. I think it well, was so, Adina Menzel. I might be wrong. So in the Disney dub, that was done by Sonia. I. Sarah, so Ice, our Isaacs. Okay, so I'm totally remembering that wrong, uh, uh, but that's good. Uh, it sounds like they got someone. So, well, and I talked about previously about I really like the relationship between the sisters in the movie, which is interesting because the movie was almost done with one heroine. Yeah, and I don't know. I I, I think it still would have been adorable, but I don't think if it would be as relatable because like a lot of like especially the later conflict in the movie comes from their relationship exactly so i'm trying to figure out what would they have done and how would that have worked yeah that's the thing i this movie it's hard to really put into a category because most of the movie it almost adorable i'm calling the category adorable adorable but (laughs) it's not like something you know especially again like a lot of the films i grew up with outside of this were like things like disney movies or like star wars or wizard of oz where there's like a very understandable like you know conflict or threat and there isn't one in this until the very end of the movie like most of it is just sort of these little like 
I almost even, short stories stitched together. But even at the end, I wouldn't even actually call it a threat. No, but you know what I mean. It's like lo- there, there's, there's there, a there really conflict. is there wasn't a main conflict. There wasn't an antagonist. There wasn't like you know some the, like the only real like kind of maybe worrisome thing is that their mom's in the hospital. But when they visit her, she seems okay. She's getting better. Mm-hmm. Turns out by the end of the movie, it was all a misunderstanding, and she's still doing fine. But that's kind of the something that I feel like makes this movie really unique even for a kids movie is that it's almost like little vignettes stitched together and right. like different things happening here's I the mean, here's the here's the day where may is by herself and she meets totoro here's the day where their dad can't pick them up and they go to the bus stop in the rain here's the day where may has to come to school because the dad you know what that can't... reminds me of did you ever see uh, mr uh, mr megorium's wonder emporium i did not because i heard it was really bad when it came oh, out i like um, it I, saw, I, I didn't see when it came out i saw it on tv and so i kind of have a fondness okay. for it it's it's one but it's sort of the same thing it's it's a lot of these just vignettes and they're literally and un- but unlike with uh, my neighbor to- my neighbor totoro it's um it's it, they're literally split up by like chapter pages yes um, um and but... i don't like i wouldn't want them to do that with totoro because it 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 goes with the the mood it's creating of just being in this very like relaxed country environment so like i feel like if they put like chapter one mm-hmm. like i i like it more that these bleed together and you kind of don't even really know how long it's been since they've moved into the house by the end of the movie mm-hmm. i would guess maybe six months because i would or maybe three months even like if it was like spring when they moved there and summer by the time the movie's over which we know it's summer by the time the movie's over because they're wearing summer dresses right. they're you know but uh again like you don't even really get a good sense of how long they've been there and a part of that kind of goes with this very laid back naturalistic slow paced and that's the other interesting thing about this is like i feel like this film is a lot more slow paced than a lot of kids movies partly because there's not a lot of drama going Mm -hmm. on it's just you know oh what what's what are we doing today there's not a lot of drama but i feel like what really drives the the energy is wanting to see uh totoro again Oh and... yeah, <laughs> he doesn't get as much screen time as you would think, but right? when he does, I was it ca- is really like it's. He's just a very, again, like he. It's funny that he's the mascot I... of Studio Ghibli because yeah. he reminds me of a Disney character or mascot because he's very lovable. Like even yes. just the image of him, like and, and well, I, I, I just love how when somebody comes to help, his first response is just to wow. <laughs> Well, and the things that he likes too, like I love, he loves like his umbrella that they give him. He's got that. That weird is spinning such top a precious, thing. precious scene when they're just sitting there. She gives him the umbrella. I think falls that he's like, oh, this is kind of cool. Morfall, this is really cool. Okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna trigger an avalanche of rain. Well, and also just the facts, and it makes sense again because he's a forest spirit, so you're essentially giving him like a piece of technology. So, like, for him, he just had that leaf on his head that was protecting him. Yeah. And so to him, it just blew his mind, like, whoa, he's this thing is so cool. Is this a, but and I love how when he's flying he around... Put, he never puts it away for the rest of the movie. No, he just has it out. He always has it, because it's his new favorite thing, and I love it, too. He, again, open, he opens it when he's flying around, and there's no reason for him to do it. I think he just again, likes... like a little kid. Exactly. Like, okay, this is like Or, or like, a, a, a natural, like... Again, he's a forest spirit, so like he's he he's but, uh, he's not he in touch sees, with like modern technology, and he probably is more like I don't want to call him like animalistic, but in the same way like a puppy kind of thinks like a toddler. 
you know, same with well, him. And it's I would also say. because um, I was just thinking about this, and it reminds me of okay, don't laugh. But when I was a kid, oh, this thing I had this thing where I would run around with like I think it was a spoon. We had a spoon that looked different than the other spoons, so I would play pretend as like a fairy princess thing, and I would use the spoon as like my wand. I had an actual magic wand, but I was more interested in the spoon. It talk. It really gives, kind of gives credence to how kids have it to have the ability to find magic in the mundane well and even when totoro gives them the the thing of uh acorns mm-hmm. the package of acorns you know they're excited they're like oh my god we could plant a tree we're gonna plant a garden and the, you know it's and she, I, I love how dedicated things. they are to it they're, they're just like sitting there watching it not to sound like a total boomer but it is just like it all it's almost sad like you know uh kids can get so excited about things and it just it brings me back to a simpler time because i don't know i do feel sometimes out of touch with like kids that have like ipads (laughs) and stuff now again i hate i sound like such a boomer saying that but it's like that's a rant for another video (laughs) seriously but yeah that's that's something this movie like this after watching this it makes me like want to go on a hike or something like because it just has that effect where it's like this tuning out this movie it was such has has gained such a critic not a i wouldn't say critical no critical it's now it has a kind of a critical no when it came out critics loved it like okay. roger ebert like said it was like one of the best and that's the thing just because it didn't uh make a lot of money doesn't mean that critics didn't like it or audiences didn't like it at the time mm-hmm. in fact the fact that it got a vhs release says something about well, how it, well it was received apparently apparently um it, because it didn't do on the theaters it was cheap to pick up for tv um, and so when they started running it on TV, they said that the ratings like went through the roof for this movie. And then, you know, that allowed it to, to do, I'll, I'll do, to do a lot of stuff, but like it's become, it became such a phenomenon, um, that, you know, a lot of, you know, big time animators now credit this movie and the work of, of Miyazaki overall as influencing them, inspiring them. He makes an appearance in Toy Story 3 um which i'm like that's mean he he makes an appearance with the daycare toys that all suck so i'm like oh that's nice um you know he's even appeared in things like south park um and he's even gone as far as they have a he has an asteroid named after him he's huge man i I, zero one six zero tutora we started this review with me calling him the walt disney of uh japan he is i'm not even and that's the thing too i'm honestly surprised that this uh, not to offend anybody, but I actually think he's better than the Walt Disney of Japan. I oh, mean, I agree. Well, I think he... I think he's came from a place well, of I... seeing magic, and I feel like Walt Disney came from a place of wanting to preserve the wholesomeness of his own childhood. Well, when I'm comparing him to Disney, it's not so much about their character or their personality; mm-hmm. it's about their influence. Yeah, he is as big as Disney is. And I like even he's from Japan. I'm not saying in Japan. He like he has as much influence mm-hmm. as Walt Disney nowadays, in my opinion. Uh, and I don't even think that's my opinion. I think that's pretty proven. That I you know I believe you about like it not doing well in theaters and stuff. But again, the fact that I had a VHS of this as a kid, the original VHS. I'm imagining the one that came out in '95 because mm-hmm. I I was born it you know in the early 90s so it's like you mean 70s just kidding yeah i'm actually 59 um no but uh but yeah the fact that i even had that as a kid i feel like kind of shows that it you know it wasn't mainstream when i was a kid but the fact that 
I had a VHS copy. Now, not to be lame, but I, I didn't discover the works of Studio Ghibli until Ponyo came out. Yeah, I'd been watching Studio Ghibli since I was like, and so, three, uh, so, so. Ever, all, a lot of my friends were like, "Oh my god, I was raised on this and this," and like to me, that uh, t- t- incorrectly, I was like, "This wasn't a thing until Ponyo came out." Not at all. I know that now, now. I know that, and but f- it's like. But that was like that was my first like really exposure. Another another great one you'd probably like is Howl's Moving Castle, and that was actually up for best. I think it might have even won best animated that year. Uh, but much like Disney, every time Studio Ghibli releases a movie, it's usually nominated at the Oscars for best animated feature. But this like we'll get into it in the next review. But both of these movies came out at a time when anime wasn't a big thing and they both were extremely influential in getting uh western audiences into anime for different reasons but uh well and i also think and i also think just speaking of this film and what i think really think what just makes this and why this is this will be like seven thumbs way up for me is it's, it's really just a movie about experiencing magic where even where you don't even think there's magic like you know obviously in this world there's there's the, there's tree spirits in life so there's there's, there's the, you know there's like physical magic but then there's also like we said we talk about the whole scene with the umbrella just finding magic in the mundane and just letting yourself be swept up in it and i think that's a that's a match that's missing from a lot of uh kids films today absolutely and i i it still has that effect on me now I, this is a movie that makes me want to go outside yes well, <laughs> and, does uh, that one youtuber she watches it every spring and summer because it gets her in the mood for spring and summer yeah i wouldn't like some some miyazaki movies maybe not but a lot of his movies have that kind of summery spring sort of quality but mm-hmm. this movie in particular always makes me feel like oh man i'm i'm going for a hike now or something like that because it's just it's got that it, it really just puts nature at the forefront of the focus of the movie and it's really like nice and relaxing um and it just it's so beautifully animated too the bit where they're picking the vegetables scored. oh yeah and the the but like it, it's at the end of the movie where they're picking vegetables and stuff that always makes me like really hungry when they got the corn and cucumber i'm like i want a salad right <laughs> after watching i never say that but totoro makes me want a but, salad yes um, <laughs> so um, unfortunately this movie is uh, not available to really stream anywhere yeah it's on um, hbo max all oh it's Miyaz- on hbo max all of it, miyazaki's movies okay, are on well, hbo then, max i apologize i i just i i don't have hbo max for personal reasons <laughs> uh, well and it's weird too because and maybe i should have god i forgot to look this up but i remember around spirited away i could have sworn disney purchased studio ghibli so it was like under disney's parent company so so maybe studio ghibli mis- is still independent okay um d- they have worked with disney for to secure western stuff. releases gotcha okay that but makes sense. i i never want disney to have control over studio ghibli i feel like it would ruin it <laughs> I don't think it would ruin it. I think that it's, oh, but it's, it's kind of like the Marvel movies. They're all, in my opinion, they're all good, but they're, it's like factory made. You know what right, I mean? It's right. like, even, even when a Marvel movie is really good, Which, it feels like it, it was, yeah, it, it just, just has a specific feel. Well, it just feels like it was made by like a, a board of directors instead of like an artist, you know, it's still like an enjoyable thing to consume, but it doesn't have that sort of personality to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if that's if Disney were to purchase it, that's what would happen. Like I don't think the quality of the movies would dip, but I feel like it would feel 
a lot more. I think like, they would targeted. look. I think I think they would look similar, but they wouldn't feel the same. It's like it's it would be like a, what's the what's that quote? It's like it's like ordering it's like ordering champagne and getting ginger ale. They both look the same, but they don't make you feel the same. But uh, yeah, obviously, if it isn't apparent, like this is a recommend for both of us, and I'm going to just say you should watch much more of the studio Ghibli I mean, movies because I... music of the heart was not Hayao Miyazaki but it was the same studio I think you'd really enjoy it, that it's about an awkward teenage girl uh who writes like fantasy stories in her spare time that's a really good one Howl's Moving Castle's really good like really the only one that might upset you is Graveyard of the Fireflies but yeah was other... that by Miyazaki yeah okay which is probably how he was able to finagle the secure. But I, 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 th- I, think, it was I, th- I think, it, I think, I think this was a movie that was just so dear to his heart. He just wanted to get it out, even if it was. But I'm like, I'm like, that's messed up. Though. Don't, don't, don't put, don't watch those two in the sitting and expect to feel the same after both. Well, and again, one is very much not for kids. The uh, the graveyard of the fireflies has some extremely harrowing and disturbing imagery. So it's like that's so weird to me. Again, like I, I love the uh, metaphor of like beauty and the beast silence of the lambs double feature it's like they're both excellent movies but that doesn't necessarily mean you should bundle them together yeah <laughs> like i mean i mean they were both anime films but that's pretty very, much oh, where the similarity stops well, it'd, be like, <laughs> it'd be like bundling it with our second review for this oh month. yes so we will be getting to that we'll be getting that in our next episode but so. yeah um i hope you guys enjoyed listening to this uh we're almost in summer uh hopefully you guys are getting vaccinated out there and staying distant and keeping your masks on and all that stuff but you know and and, and, and to quote another one of my favorite YouTubers staying away from stupid people (laughs) (laughs) but yeah uh, glad to see you guys are enjoying us on Spotify and other platforms and we're just really happy you guys are listening to us and we're looking forward to producing some more content for you guys and yeah we'll see you next time Reels on the Rocks is a production of La Prince Laboratories. It is edited and produced by Alejandro Castillo and features original artwork by Asa Sparza and original music by Pat Mars. Follow us on Twitter at Reels on the Rocks and tweet at us with any movies or topics you'd like us to discuss in the future.